on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. It's really not the money that drives the game. You know, my fear is to be mediocre. That's a fear. Yeah. And that fear pushes me away towards life mastery. It's not about the things, it's about the who. Yeah. And that's what drives me, Chaz, is who can I become? Oh, I woke up again today. <laughs> game on. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, guys, Chaz Wolf coming back to you, Gathering the Kings. Today, I have a guest that is not just incredible, but this guy has got me so jacked up that in this intro right now, man, it's like if I showed you my, my, my shirt, I'm sweating, I got pits, I'm pitting out right now. Matt, dude, we just got done with an incredible conversation and value uh, podcast, man. D did you feel as much influence and, and power that I did? Chaz, I'm in the ring too, man. I'm the same way. I had a blast. <laughs> dude, okay, so for, so for the listener, as you're about to jump in, Matt goes through not only how he built a seven-figure business, but the mindset uh, around it all. So stay tuned. Get your pen and paper because it's about to get real. All right, guys, welcome again to Gathering the Kings. As you probably just heard in our intro, we've got Matt Kuhlhorn here. Matt, thanks for coming That's onto awesome. the show, my man. Jazz, I'm psyched to be here, man. Thank you. That's awesome, dude. We're going to jump in. And as the listeners know, we're going to pull out some nuggets here from your journey. But you're a seven-figure owner, and you haven't always been. You've got a, an awesome story, as I got to learn about you off air, but we're going to, we're going to pull all of that out for the listener right now. Tell me what it is that cooler garage door does and tell me kind of just in, in essence, like where you are right now in the business. I started cooler seven years ago and really started as a house painter and have refined focus. Now we're in the garage door niche Love and it. it's true. Riches are in the niches. Love it. Um, you asked me what it means to be a seven-figure business owner. I don't know. It's waking up, going to work day by day. My, my shift has focused, so I'm not throwing on the tools. I'm being a little bit more strategic, mindful, and I've got a little bit more resources to play out some of those strategies, which gets really fun. So today, I'm really putting together the foundation that in some ways I should have done years ago. How do I know? So now I'm in this realm. I'm putting together the foundation to take this business to the eight figure. And that's yeah. just a strategy. That's just putting a cinder block foundation down, making it on bedrock, like solid. And then you could build up all the bells and whistles from there. But I feel like, yeah, I'm just getting to this point now where there's resources, there's a little bit more of my time. I can free it up, do some of the thinking and put this next level of launch pad together. Yep, 100%. And, and for the most part, as we've already talked about, the listener 
who's chiming in today is probably running a six-figure business. They want to get to the seven-figure mark. And so hearing you say some of those things, I know that they're currently struggling with. They're currently struggling with their time and, and being able to pull their head out of the day-to-day -to, -day to be able to work on the more high-level strategy like you talked about. I know that it's tough to not know what you don't know, like you just said. And so hopefully we were able to dive into some of those things as we get to know your journey a little bit. But before we go there, tell us at this level, at the quote unquote, you made it mark, right? You're doing a million plus, probably multiple over. But the question really is at this point is what drives you now? Really a very similar thing. I wake up with a quote. I got the opportunity in 2011, go work with a gentleman named Keith Cunningham. Mm. Keith is the original rich dad. So he mentored Robert Kiyosaki as the book oh, came out, rich dad, poor dad. Keith is rich dad. And he's an incredible mentor to go work with. He's based in Austin and he's just a grounded salt of the earth dude who knows business, yeah. who's lost his shirt and built it all regained again. His quote, hell on earth to meet the man I could have been. I would rather meet that man, look him in the eye and say, I know you because I am you. Mm. And it's really not, yeah, it's really not the money that drives the game. Yeah. It's really this internal desire for my fear is to be mediocre, right? That's a fear. Yeah. And that yeah. fear pushes me away towards life mastery. That quote from Keith and knowing Keith and seeing all that he has built, it's not about the things, it's about the who. Yeah. And that's what drives me, Chaz, is yeah. who can I become? Oh, I woke up again today. <laughs> Game on. Let's go see who this motherfucker can be, you know? Yeah, I, I love it. 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 I can't, I, no, I've never had it described exactly like that, but the game that you're talking about exists at the beginning. It exists at the six figure mark, the seven figure mark, and it will exist when you hit eight figures because I believe that you will with that mindset. Yeah. And and the you highlighted it really, which is at some point you have to enjoy the game. You got to have fun. It can't just be the grind, which is, I know, where so many listeners are. And so hopefully we'll be able to dive into some of the things that you've done to get to the fun place. But I love that quote. I love that perspective, that mindset for sure. So, yeah. Matt, take us back. Okay, so <clears throat> I know a little bit about your story, but take us back from where like entrepreneurship started for you, because I know you weren't always an entrepreneur. So give us a little bit of that. Going way back, it's my mom's coffee shop when I was maybe eight years old, seven years old, she went out and with a friend built a corner coffee shop on the south side of Chicago. Wow. Still there on 96th Street in Winchester. She ended up okay. selling it, took some risk, put it together. I saw that as a kid. I would go there after school and hang out. And I just thought it was cool. I was like, yeah, mom's cool as shit. She started her own business. <laughs> yes. I thought I was going to work there when I got old enough and she ended up selling it, we ended up moving, but that was just a little seed in the game. And then also to my mom's credit, like I went to college going to play the college game. I was going to get the, the job benefits and a salary. And that's what I did after high school and college went in to get these jobs that would please my mom in a lot of ways. And it, was never a fit. I had two years of running in every position. And then I would just go right against the leadership because I always thought I could do it better. Right. 
Right. There's a lot of ignorance in that, but it was just this kernel of an entrepreneur. So I think I'm a late bloomer. Once I started having kids and bringing other people that were dependent on me, that thing just fired up. And I just could not deal with a ceiling. Like I was going to let somebody else dictate what I earn for a salary. No, thanks. This is, yep. I'm going to have to take this one. So I just took these leaps of faith. <laughs> That's incredible. Now I know there's much more to the story there. Give us a little snippet, because you told me before we jumped on the air here, but how you came to that gap where you just said you, you took a leap and, and took some faith and took some risk. Give us like just 30 seconds on that moment when you decided to go all in on you as an entrepreneur, as removing the cap, all of that. Give us a little piece of that moment for you. Yeah, honestly, Chaz, I would have tested this a couple of times before, but the real moment was when I had a really comfortable government job. I was working for our county. And the game in the county, like you get hired on, you can retire with the county. Some people are really psyched on that. It didn't quite churn my butter. So I had that position. And again, two years. And in two years, I attained some really cool results that I was really proud of. I learned how to write grants and I secured funding for this quasi-government. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. What else could I do? And at that time, it just wasn't a place for me there anymore. I got it funded, had the benefits package. I just wasn't internally set. Yeah. I also had, I believe at that time, like a, a one-year-old to care for, a three-year-old, and my wife was stay-at-home mom. And I was like, yeah, I got to go. I got to do this. There was no rationality to it. Right? Yeah. Looking at it from an observer, like I think of my son in the same scenario, we go 20 years into the future, I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Right. But at the same time, I know you got to do that. Uh, yep. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. For the listener here, I'm, I'm hearing several things I want to, I'm going to pull out for him. I'm hearing you had the cush deal, but even though it was a good salary, a good scenario, good benefits, for all intents and purposes, this cush scenario but it didn't fulfill you because you know that you're designed for more. And, and as an entrepreneur myself, obviously many times over, I know that feeling. And I know the listener right now is thinking that same thing. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're just cut from a different cloth. I'm made for more. I don't know exactly what that looks like or what that means, but man, I just, I would rather work 80 hours a week for myself than work 40 hours a week, whether it be for someone else or under the circumstances where I can't grow all the things that you were just describing. And then what you said after that was forget the circumstances. Like, I had a one-year-old, I had a three-year-old, I had a wife that I had to, uh, you know, take, and, and, and where most people would have, that would have sucked them back into mediocrity and average and the cush situation that you had, you actually use that as fuel, not only to go get everything that you were made for, but then also what your family deserves. So talk about that for a quick second. I think that more people can take that kind of leap. More people can move on that than... Again, it's, it's not necessarily rationality in that moment. If I was to pen it out rationally, I should have stayed. There's no question. But this fire that's within us, especially for you know entrepreneurs and I think a lot of, and there's a lot of men and women, you name this all about kings. And yeah. I love that because that's an archetype that's within the mature masculine. And as kings, like we want to reign. We want to draw the line and say, that's where we're going. And, and make it happen, even though we don't know the how, or even if our plan gets all disheveled and we end up going sideways for a little bit, like that's part of the journey. But man, this 
construct that we have of, of business capitalism, of salaries, of positions, like it's all made up. It's just people's thoughts. And if it doesn't fit, we've got to move around and use our own thoughts to create right. what we really are here for. And that's life fulfillment, right? Like, I think yes. that the biggest mistake is to not live a life fulfilled. Right. Yeah, you've got the, un, the unknown that you never get to if you never take the chance to begin with or the risk. And so right. to your point, right. <clears throat> rationally, it didn't make sense. But the unknown of what you were made for, what you were created for, the just the bigger picture, the possibility, the optimistic approach, it's always worth it. Rational or not, it's always worth it, especially to an entrepreneur who is a little bit crazy as you've described. Yes. So tell me, Matt, we're gonna transition into some like really practical things here. We've gone high level mindset, like we're entrepreneurs, we're crazy, that's great. But in your business, as, you're, as you've been growing to seven figures and then now much beyond that, Tell me a good decision that you made that was instrumental to you that you think the listener today could implement right now. You know, what really comes up, Chaz, and I can get some specifics here, but really the best decision was to start. And, and that still applies because there's still edges. Like I have a comfort zone. My comfort zone is bigger now than it was seven years ago. Sure. But it's still tiny compared to what it will be like in 20, 30, 40. So right. the best decision is to start. And in thinking about some good ideas, writing them down, and then taking action. And that action is just stepping out of the comfort zone. This yep. still happens every day yep. as I go and I like not stopped for sure. Yep. So um, I'm hearing you say not don't, not don't think like in detail. Like, of course, there's detail and some decisions that we have to make. But for the most part, the good decision for you starts with, let me expand my, the way that I think. Let me expand my comfort zone. Like I got to just jump first. The details will follow. And, and that in itself is a perpetual good decision that you find yourself making. 100%. Yeah. And for the yeah. six-figure guy listening and when he's like, okay, well, I started and I'm doing the thing and I've got a couple of guys on my team and let's say that they're in, in the service space like you are, but they can't, they just, they're just stuck. They can't get out of that. Like it's me and four guys and I got, I'm on the job site to, to be able to make sure everything's happening properly. How, how do I, what good decision am I looking for there? Or what does that just start decision look like for somebody at that level? Yeah, that's good perspective, Chaz. If I was in that shoe again, and looking at that, the just starting again is looking for an area that can grow my company that's right outside of my comfort zone. And this might be a part where I don't even see it and I might need to get some coaching. And that's been a big piece through my entire journey is having coaches. Sure. I'll drop that in there, but the just start in that scenario could be more aligned with furthering the starting or furthering the trust that I give to my team, yep. the trust that I give to myself in decision-making yep. and just looking at the next step, like where is the bottleneck in my business? Why am I completely like trying to get out of the field to work on the business, but always getting sucked back into whatever that might look like, whether 100%. it's trades in my case with tools or on the computer, whatever. Exactly. No, that's super practical. Um, Thank you for sharing that. The just start for me is like, consistently looking at that next edge. Where's the edge of my comfort zone? 
what can I identify there? And thinking's really important. My mentor, Keith Cunningham, he talks about thinking time. Yep. That's a little different in some respects, because when I say just start, like sometimes it's okay to do things that are not very good at first. Sometimes we just got to get it out the door and it might look like shit, yep, but at least it started. And that's the perpetual, consistent, never-ending improvement that we refine thereafter. Yep. No, I love that process. And, and I want to just recap that for, for the listeners real quick here. So obviously just get started, but that's a perpetual decision to keep going. You've got to be able to give yourself and your team trust. And then also I heard you say in there, obviously your coach, you've mentored, you've said word coach and also mentor, but other people that you've gotten around that have expanded the way that you think, obviously that falls in line with what gathering the Kings is all about, whether we've got our seven figure group, which you know, is a different conversation, more so along the lines of what we're talking about. And then of course, our six figure groups, which are guys like this that are listening, that are trying to get to that seven figure mark and trying to un unbottleneck pinches and, and trying to figure out processes and hiring and all the more of the tactical things. And so I love that you said that. Thank you for that. Let's flip the script and let's go to a bad decision. What comes to your mind immediately? Like, oh, I would, uh, if I could go back and change that one thing, of course, you probably learned from it, but what was it? The one thing is just trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. Hence why you and said that, the riches are in the niches. That's right. And that's, I would, I could play just about in every facet of my life. And again, it's, it takes some self-love to be able to draw those boundaries. So getting to know thyself. Yep. But once I'm there, once I own this, my identity, who I am, then I can say no. Then I can say, this is where we're going. Like, yep. it's this presence is what I call that. Yeah. And yeah, I've made, I've lost so many tens of thousands of dollars trying to do projects I should not have done yep. or saying yes when I should have said no over and over again. Yeah, hundred percent. So what I'm hearing you say is in order to make better decisions and not make a bad decision, really know yourself. So that way you can say no to the wrong choices in your past because you didn't maybe know yourself as well, or because you were trying to be everything to everyone, you took on projects or maybe even hired people. Cause I know I have when we probably shouldn't have, because we were trying to get something done that we shouldn't have begun trying to get done to begin with because we didn't know ourselves because we weren't honed in because we weren't focused. Am I, am I anything to add there? I'm trying to bullet point it here for the listener. I don't have anything to add. I, I think that's a good summation. Good. Knowing the self allows you to choose where you're going. Yeah. And then there's faith behind that is the next skill is we have to have faith. I can make a really crappy decision as long as I live with that and extract any learning out of that. There's no failure there. Just a bad decision. Oh, I lost 50 grand. Yep. Man, that hurts. Like, uh, yep. feel that. <laughs> But then be like, maybe I should say no next time. Yeah. I'm going to go this way. Yep, 100%. <laughs> I remember uh, my wife begged me. The only franchise, you spend about $400,000 to open up a franchise, retail franchise like mine. And I, this is the only one she was just like, don't. And I didn't listen. We already know where this is going because we should always listen to the wife's intuition for sure, without a doubt. But when I closed that business, and I realized the hundreds of thousands of dollars that I had left, it was like, or missed or lost, whatever you want to call it. But it was number one, I'm going to now listen to my wife. But number two, it was, man, okay, 
there was tons in here that I learned. I need to be able to pull these things out because I cannot use this as now fear to hold me back from what you said, which is start again every day or take the next action or go to the next place where I'm uncomfortable. I got to be able to extract those things, like you said, and, and then use them to go forward. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. So when making decisions and you kind of hinted at this a little bit, but do you have a formula or a process that you can give to the listener here that helps them stay away from the bad decisions, lean more towards the good ones. You've given us a little bit on this, but any sort of formula or process. Yeah, absolutely. So first part of a process is to identify the problem. And when you think you have the problem, ask yourself, is this the real problem or is it a symptom that's covering my real problem? I hope you're listening and taking notes because he's spitting fire on you guys right now. Dig in to really identifying the problem because a lot of times we go about solving the problem that isn't. Yep. And it's a symptom of something else. And so gain clarity on the problem. And I usually do this sitting down with notepad and pen and I write this and I'll ask myself multiple times. Sometimes I'll even park a question in my brain and I'll go to sleep wake up the next morning and continue working on it. Like it could take a couple of days to really uncover the right problem. Yep. But once you're identified of the problem, it's a lot easier to come up with a solution because we've got point A of where we are. We've got point B of where we want to go. And then we've got a problem between the two. And <clears throat> it's all about just building the machine to get us from point A to point B. Yep. As long as we know exactly where we are, and that's just candid humility and honesty and sometimes getting somebody else like our wives or our coach to tell us what's really happening, what really we are, yep. then we identify the problem. Then we can start saying, this is where we're going. I want that seven-figure business. I want X in my pocket, net profit, whatever your target is. Then we can start building an approach that just day by day gets us one step closer. It's not right. happening over here. It's not super quick. So patience is another skill yep. to solving problems. So as an entrepreneur, obviously that's the bones of who we are. We're problem solvers. And, and to the degree that we solve problems usually is the degree of our revenue and or income. And so I hear what you're saying is that even inside of our business, as we're solving problems for our clients or our customers or even our employees, our team members, that's, we're good at that because it's someone else. But when we're trying to solve our own problems, I hear him saying, be honest with yourself and take time. Don't be rushed when you're trying to identify the problem or when you've come to a decision, whether you're trying to hire a marketing agency or you're trying to uh, hire a person or you're trying to maybe find a coach or whatever the decision is that you've got in front of you. Matt's saying to take time to not necessarily think about the decision, but to think about the problem that could be potentially solved by this decision. Make sure you have the right problem actually identified. Then does this decision help me get from A to B? Where I am is A, which is the actual state of where I'm at, which includes the problem. And then B is obviously where I've already identified. So talk on that for just 30 seconds, Matt. You, you talked about A. How do I identify B? Obviously, it's what we want, but what have you done specifically to identify B for yourself? I love that question, dude. We identify B because it's our choice. Mm, okay. I'm deciding where I want to go. 
I'll give you an analogy because I think this is so perfect. When I started my trades company, like I, I burst into the six figure category pretty quick and I was all about revenue. Okay. So my B, I made my B up. I said, I want to have a million dollar revenue business. Okay. Turns out with some sweat, some hard work, some hustle, a little bit of skill set, one can get to a seven figure company. Yeah. And that was cool. But when I did that, I was still broke because <laughs> I had the wrong B. Sure. sure. I, I wasn't solving for the problem that it was really was like i thought having all that revenue i wouldn't have to worry about my income anymore shit one year i lose 100 grand the b really is up to us to decide where we want to go it could be a small problem i don't know my dishes are dirty in the sink that's a problem i want them clean like there's so many different ways of getting them clean but if i really say i want them clean by five o'clock i can make that happen Yep. And go through the motions to do that. So now I'm like, okay, I've got this little bit of success with my company. The pressure is off on a income wise, like my net worth is a lot healthier than it was. I'm, I'm getting these pieces. So now I can sit down and I think and be like, all right, what do I want? It's a really powerful question. What do I want? And I could write yep. down all sorts of stuff and I'll do this brainstorming wise, especially towards the end of the year. Yep. I'll say, what do I want? What do I want? And sometimes it's material things. Like my wife and I want a lake house somewhere. We don't know where, but we just have that. Yep. I want freedom really to do what I want with whom I want, when I want. And in order to get that freedom, I'm going to have to have a couple of business vehicles that generate some good cash. Yeah, that's right. And and if I get clear on where I'm going and I could break this down for my company, right now we're shifting into a different little bit of a vehicle model. So I'm saying, I wanna have a very top end service oriented garage door business. It's different from where it's been, but now that I have B identified, I can start taking these steps. I can lock in the right software. I can rewrap the vans. I can do all the pieces. Yep. But we literally call our shot when we're establishing B. Yeah. And if I'm in the grind of a six figure and I've got my tool bags on, or I'm just like feeling it 70 plus hour weeks. Yep. Every person's B is relative. Maybe I just want five hours of free time to go hang out with the bros or Right. Go hang out with the family or that's where we just have to look at our life and assess it and be like, what do I want? Yep. What do I really want? As we gain clarity on that, then we can say, where am I? And then we start building the machine that can get us from A to B. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think you've made it pretty clear, but for the person listening, I hope that you're taking notes. I want you to write down you have to know your why. You have to know your point B in this case for Matt. What he's saying is that if you don't know that and then to the next level, clarity behind it, it's not just seven figures. It's not just X, Y, Z. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a little bit more meaningful than that. And it also has to be tied to some emotional things that you're really excited and passionate about. It doesn't have to be your lifelong purpose, your mission necessarily, 
although obviously the more emotional that you can make it the better but everything that he just gave to you was incredible so thank you for sharing that matt obviously it's wonderful to hear it across the table because that's exactly where why i've gotten to where i am is because i identified a b and then yeah. you just go after it and and sometimes that b changes as you go you get a better clearer vision of what that b looks like to your point you're already changing some of the b for for your garage door company even though you've already quote unquote made it, that B is a, an ever changing location, especially for entrepreneurs who, who like something fresh and something new and the next challenge and the next mountain to climb and so forth and so on. So let's hit the speed round real quick here. And really I want to the best of your ability, one word answers, but a short answer, because I want to fly through these and I want the yep. listener to be paying close attention because Matt's already given you so much today. And I already know he's going to give you some more fire as we go through these. So Matt, the first question is, if you could only pick one metric, to track forever and ever for the rest of your business life, what would it be and why? Sales. Okay. Why? Got, got to keep the got to keep the churn. Got to have the machine, got to right? Keep the churn. <laughs> Good. If you have no sales, you have no business. And so, if you're hearing this and sales is not your number one metric, coming from a sales background myself, I would agree with Matt that you absolutely need to focus on sales. The rest, you can figure out. All right. Number yeah. two. A book recommendation, you already threw out Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a great, phenomenal book. But for, for that six-figure guy, what book do you recommend? Think and Grow Rich. Love it. Okay. I, I read it on an annual basis. Every time. Uh, why? Every time I reset and I go to another level, I reread that book. So Think and Grow Rich. Matt and I are, we are literally, we must be speaking from the same mind over here because that would have been my book as well. I reread it once a year and I force myself to find something new and apply it obviously to where I'm at in the growth of my companies. And so love that. I know you want to keep this short, Chaz, but I reread that book recently off of a recommendation. So I have the book right by my bedstand. I've read it, I don't know how many times, a lot. Right. Yep. Every time I want to make a jump, I'll reread that book. In that book, there is a point in there that he's asking the reader to come up with a number. And so my challenge to you challenge to the listeners is to come up with a number like when are you going to have a million dollars in the bank yep date it create a statement do the work in that book and it will yeah. oh man it'll add yeah. fire it really is to add to that story it was a couple of years ago not a couple it was probably 10 years or so ago i had already read the book a couple of times but this was the first time i wrote it out and i read it every single day, like the book talks about. <laughs> yep. yep. And, and I'll tell you what, I found that piece of paper two years later, that specific, because I, I didn't have it in a book at that point. Now I've got it in a book and we're good to go keeping it forever. But I found this piece of paper as we were moving three years later. And I was like, wow, this is the first time I wrote it down. I remember saying it to myself out loud every single day. And if I didn't freaking hit the number, I'll tell you what, I was blown away because you don't really think about it. You know what I mean? But it was years later, I'm looking back going, that was the income that I wanted. That was the money in the bank. That was my net worth. I had them all written down because obviously they're very different. And Matt, dude, I cannot tell you uh, what kind of honest value that you're giving right now. I can't even, the listeners getting more than they bargained for. Okay. Love do it. you intentionally network and mastermind with other business owners? And if you do, which you've already hesitated, you already gave it a little bit too about your coach and stuff, but if you do, you spend money to do yes that. and yes. And tell me why at six figures, because here's the thing. And usually at six figures, it's, ah, I know maybe it's important, but like, I don't have any extra cash flow, and I'd rather buy some tools or I'd rather buy some software or 
the coach or the surrounding of my network doesn't feel like it's going to get me that big of a return. Tell them why it does. Mm. I think why is a little bit of woo-woo in there too, but anytime you can find somebody that's done something that you've already done, yeah, you can cut your learning curve in half or more. Which means time and money. 100%. I heard it recently. I, I can't remember where, but there's some show about they drop millionaires or billionaires into a scenario and whatever, give them 50 grand and see what they can produce in a week kind of reality show. And I think one guy in there spent all 50 grand on a, a phone call for a two minute phone call. And there's value to that. There really is value to buying somebody else's time to get an energetic exchange, to get information 100%. that can just slice a learning curve like, massively. 100%. Love that. Okay, last question. Matt, if you lost it all today, you wake up tomorrow and it's all gone, there is no cooler, what do you do? It's a great question. I really start networking. I reach out to people that I know and trust and have conversations. And if I am pointed at this place where I already have something I want to do or create, then I'm going to get even more selective on who I reach out to. But really for me, it's all about a network. I'll go hunt people down in alleys. I'll, I'll find whoever I need to connect with. And that could be for various reasons. But if I was to start over and start from scratch, yeah, I'd start going to likely some leadership of whatever town, city, find the influencers, get to know them, find out what they need, go out and get it and give it to them. Yep, that's right. Okay, good. All right, so how can someone connect with you, Matt? They just loved you. They wanted to connect with you further. How do they find you? How do they connect with you? Yeah, so I'll drop a hobby of mine right now. So I have my, my Cooler Garage doors. You can Google Cooler with a K and, and find me. Otherwise, it's Core Fathers. And Core, C-O-R-E, Fathers is a handle that I have in social media. And I'll drop nuggets like this. I love these kind of conversations, Chaz. And that is literally a hobby. I don't know where it's going to go. Maybe it becomes a seven figure on its own someday. Yeah. Uh, but it's my channel for just educating, mentoring, getting like-minded people together, core Love fathers. It. Love it. So if you're taking notes here again, core fathers, you can find Matt on social media with the uh, handle core fathers. I actually, I've seen some of your stuff and I've, we haven't talked about it at all, but I've seen some of your stuff. He already has given me value and, and I'm sure many of others. So definitely find him and connect with him if, if that resonates with you. So thank you, Matt, for coming. You have dropped some amazing bombs and value here today and uh, you've given the listener more than they bargained for sure. Thank you for all that you do. And uh, thank you for being on the show, my friend. I love it, Chaz. Thank you, man. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply and we will see you on the other side.